now beaming into Nerd FT Radio. This is Nerd FT Radio, where nerds full-time explorers of the metaverse, surfers of the blockchain, and not in her mom's basement. I'm your host, RSG, a.k.a. the Baja Blast Maxi. I'm back, Taco Bell. And I'm here with Crypto Crier, a.k.a. Yuga Labs' newest Maxi. Oh, yeah, here we go. How are you? (laughs) Doing good, man. We're back. Let's talk some Web3. We got good stuff. We got bad stuff. A fun rodeo this, this whole week. Yeah, we got some good stuff. We got some bad stuff. We got some in the middle. And of course, we have some nerd stuff as well. So we got to talk about the biggest topic of this week. And probably for some, it's going to be the talk of the town for the next two or three weeks. And it's Azuki. Azuki. Azuki comes out with a massive event that a bunch of people went to. The event, by the way, Cryer, looked absolutely incredible. Looked great. It was in Vegas. A lot of people having fun. And they released a trailer for their brand new mint called Elementals. Elementals, yeah. Everyone went crazy. What's the mint price going to be? How is it going to work? What's going down? What the heck's happening? Does it look like Pokemon and mixing with anime and Azuki? Or is it like Avatar The Last Airbender? Or is it everything? Because every NFT project just picks the four same elements. Now, this was a shit show. Number one. The the final. Yeah, the final verdict here was. The final glimpse of hope before it all came crashing down. It just went pretty bad. But, hey, holders were given 10 minutes to claim. Their elemental bean, which I don't know if the bathroom couldn't be sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, a day after the event in Vegas ended, which people were then flying home, so a lot of large holders I heard out missed a lot of a lot of the mint. I didn't even think about that. That's hysterical. Yeah, so that was number one problem. Yeah. Number two problem is it was supposed to be something that kind of expanded the garden. Essentially, that's what they wanted to do. Bigger community. Ninety-four percent of it is owned by Azuki holders. holders, and the overlap for beans is sixty-eight percent of beans. So obviously, the people who own only just the bean by itself are a very small amount of holders. So mostly, just Azuki got most of it. So I see a lot of people that were just super pissed on the bean side because I saw people buying beans to be able to participate in this, which then dropped half of its value instantaneously. <laughs> from 1.5 to 7.7.6 so overall the whole ecosystem pretty much got absolutely demolished yesterday oh yeah everything went down to one thing i will say so to enter into this if you really wanted one of these nfts you had to drop at least 17 eth for an azuki not only did you have to drop 17 eth then you had to drop another two eth it was to mint one of these to ethereum so as an azuki holders got a free one though I didn't know. Azuki's holders were given a free one and they had the option to buy an additional one for two. I didn't know there was a free one. You know what? All right. I'll give a little check mark on that side. But that still makes no sense if their whole purpose (laughs) is trying to expand the Guardian. Yeah, that's why that's the problem is they, the the community holders were able to get a free one, then purchase the other 10K of them, which they all did. Which they all did. 
So when you think of those numbers, if you really wanted one back to it, you wanted you would have to buy an Azuki. You would then have to buy get one for free, awesome. Then you would have to get another one for two Ethereum. So on the side of the web two person that's never done this, I have a friend actually from work. Absolutely loves Azuki. When they first dropped, he saw it. He told me about it. I'm like, I'm just not into that. That was before I got into anime with with One Piece, but still not that big of a fan on that side, to be honest. Yeah. He was like, I need to get in, I need to get in. He's that's the one project he's always talking about. And when he saw yeah. all this, he was like, Holy crap, all this, and a he chance. finds out what he needs to do to get it. He's what the hell? An average Joe, an average person, not saying he's average, he's phenomenal, but like a person could yeah, really, not they can't just drop in this, this space 30, and... 30 plus thousand USD to just get this JPEG. Now, of course, I can you can get wait it for till... 1.3 now. I was about to say, now you can wait and get it, but obviously the aspect of opening and ripping a pack, yeah. just like a Pokemon cards, Pokemon pack, that's the whole like chance that these NFTs have for us, the ability to mint and then reveal and that opportunity to get that NFT that's worth six figures, seven figures, yeah. whatever the case may well, be. You can still be. buy the bean unrevealed. Yeah, for a little bit more. Yourself. Exactly. But so there's a, a lot of things that there's are- There's still some availability for it. I just think the idea that the biggest problem I have is just that they look the same as the original collection. So it gives like literally zero value to. By the way, your tweet was phenomenal. Do you guys all know when you go, let's say you built, you have to make an account or you're logging into something, if you're submitting something on a website, then it asks you, please look at, try to get all the cars in the pictures and you have to pick six cars. So what Cryer did was he did the same thing, but it said, please select the elementals. And then it was literally like half Azuki, half elementals, and they all look the same. And it was the guy, oh, Key and Peel, the guy sweating. sweating. Phenomenal. Over 300 likes, a thousand retweets. Cryer was pumping numbers pumping yesterday numbers. on that side. But I just thought yeah. the it's, it's a huge letdown to the value of the original collection because it literally, like, why would I pay this much money to get the, pretty much the same treatment? You're not. I'm still. You're still going to be able to go to the venues and do things just like how Beans were able to go. But the Beans holders got the absolute worst. They got absolutely. Oh, yeah. What do we got? Here. By the way, let's go with some numbers really quick. Azuki, 17 ETH. What are they at now? 9 ETH. Beans, 1.5, 1.7 at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Now, yeah. 0.7. This is actually one of the first times I've ever seen Cryer that the third project is actually valued more than the second project or the second release. Now, beans are worth a lot less, and these elementals are because obviously the mint price was so high, beans were given for free. It's pretty interesting, but hey, I mean, they were given to free people, also for exactly. <laughs> but hey, those people that went to Vegas, listen, one thing's for sure Azuki definitely knows how to throw a party. But I'm going to say something it, it turns out that a lot of these NFT projects know how to throw parties and they're still not producing on levels that we want to see. And the one thing, the two, the three things, let's go with three things that just pissed me off is number one, same thing with you, Crier. It's the whole expanding the garden. This literally didn't expand anything. Number two was the price is ridiculous, to be honest. I get they got a bag. Congratulations. 40 million, 38 million, 42 yeah, million, 40, whatever yeah. it is. Exactly. Awesome. I get it. But this is a quote that Gary V says. I know, I know we don't like to talk Gary V much here, but a lot of people <laughs> in Web3 a lot of people in Web3 look only in the short term and catch the bag to then yeah, unfortunately sure. lose their reputation and their dignity, et cetera, for the long term. So a lot of people are here for the short term 
and not for the long term. Hopefully we're wrong here. And they did yeah. form out an apology and numbers have gone up a little bit. Izuki was at eight. Now it's nine. Woo-hoo. Yeah, That's I mean, the, like, on the apology side, I thought it was a pretty weak apology as well. I, I agree. It, oh, 100%. But the, it's and the really thing, the only they thing they had to it. do was just not make the floor ones, the most common ones, look like Azuki's. Like they had yeah, all the animal weird. traits looked really good. All of the elemental backgrounds and stuff like that look really good. So like the rares of the collection, the stuff that has some rarity to it looks good. But the idea here is like you, you're just constantly only appealing to like the whales of your collection. I think that's the problem. Like we see. We've we know how powerful buys. those We've whales the, over there, the, by the way. Yeah. The whales over I mean, at Azuki are some mean-looking wh- whales, Cryer. Those absolutely. are some dogs. Yeah, so they Machi's buying up 36 ETH. At He's all. just... But, you know what I'm saying? Like, the whale holders are getting seeking out the unique-looking ones of this collection because they, they have a lot of value. They think they have a lot of value with them. But, again, it's just, again, that was catered to the whale holders. There's mints-wise. People weren't able to use the mint on the website but through the contract, so savvy whales were able to mint hundreds. We got 500 mints from Dingling. We got I will say 537 out, from a couple other. Shout out couple to the cool. contract, I will say. Didn't cost really that much gas. gas. Very good. good very low. Yeah, stuff. someone minted like 330 for 090, which is yeah, so very crazy. low. So again, contract-wise, it was good. Yeah, low gas cost. But again, it's if you can't if people can't access it and you're giving such a sh- tiny-ass window for you to actually do anything... I think it was handled very poorly. And everyone I see now on the flip side of that is like, now they got $40 million to, you know, they're now they're fully war loaded. The war, their war chest is loaded, ready to go. And it's just, yeah, just with moon. They birds? just executed this way and it didn't do well. That was their, they already had funding. They already had money. They executed. This is what they executed. Why would giving them more money make them execute any differently than they just did? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I am on your side. The last thing I would like to say is, and this goes for every NFT project. Guys, it isn't the first year NFTs are out. It's not the first year PFP projects are out. We've seen people fail. We've seen people succeed. And for some reason, projects and teams and founders and leaders are not looking at these mistakes that everyone's making and avoiding these said mistakes. We've seen these mistakes happen so many times, and we still, to this day, have the same people making the same mistakes. You guys, this is not high school anymore. It's not middle school. It's not college. You can copy, and you can learn from other people's mistakes to avoid those said mistakes. So please do your research. Please have these community councils. Please have Twitter spaces. Please have conversations in your Discord with your community. People that are whales. People that are the everyday super fan. People that are just in the Discord. Your team as well. To hopefully not make all these mistakes that everyone's making. If we can find a way to do that, I promise you a lot more people will be happy. And the price, because that's all a lot of these people care about, the price of the floor will go up it's just ridiculous man it's like we're not learning and we're just making this space worse and worse every single (laughs) every every time day and every time that we try something but cry you got anything else on the suzuki stuff other than still trying to which one is an elemental i did have an nft perp short from 15 to 12 eth which was pretty awesome 
should have held on a little bit longer, but oh. I'll take it. Hey, you got something, right? That's right. Worked pretty well. Shout out to them for uh, giving somebody the opportunity to not only lose money in NFTs, but you can gain some too sometimes. That's funny. All right. Other than that, let's talk about something that we talked in our last episode. And if I'm not mistaken, maybe even the prior one, which was the massive collaboration that Nike.swoosh, their Web3 side of things, and Fortnite Epic Games had on the side of the actual game in Fortnite. So pretty much what was going on is Airforia was this massive Nike map that you were able to go and experience for a set amount of time. June 28th was the last time, if I'm not mistaken, to go ahead and achieve these goals that you had to do. The goals were pretty much 10 minutes in the game and you had to collect these sneakers. It was a whole like a parkour game pretty much you're jumping through things seeing the whole map everything like that and at the end of it you just hey you got this shoe on june 28th you're going to go ahead and receive the backpack bling of one of the most famous shoes it was the air max 1986 it's the red and white one i'm not a big sneakerhead i'm shout out to all the sneakerheads i'm just not one and i'm probably disrespecting you guys because i should know this shoe but it's one of the most famous shoes on the nike side I actually went ahead and played Fortnite with my buddy. Super awesome experience. There's a little bit of a laggy aspect to it, but it was all right. The experience was super cool. It was fun, enjoyable, the whole nine yards, nothing to do with NFTs whatsoever. Here was the kicker on this side was there is obviously on the dot swoosh side, this soul bound token that you receive. It's that ENS that we taught. We've always yeah. talked about. You have that. Now, if you connect, so if you go to, epic games you can connect your xbox account your switch account your playstation account your nike account your steam account and i'm missing one other if i'm not mistaken so obviously there you would connect it so you're connected to all fronts of it and what happens is if you have that connection from the swoosh to the theory i almost said ethereum to epic games you're going to get an achievement that no one else would get if they didn't have that connection of epic games and swoosh that achievement is going to be like a soul bound achievement which i personally believe later down the road they're going to release something where hey whoever got this achievement this award you're going to have first access pre-mint availability something of an availability to go ahead and purchase one of the nike digital nfts which are the shoes that they've been selling for the i think they've had two drops already so this is just an opportunity for nike to again tap into 280 million users over in fortnite and an opportunity for an onboarding all those users if not all even five percent or even one percent's good to go ahead and bring them over into web3 and to learn more about those assets on dot swoosh which hopefully leads them over to pfp collections digital like art and whatnot and all that good stuff so it was a fun experience was it a little rabbit hole yeah it's just down a rabbit hole it wasn't complicated to be honest at all the only the only thing I'm pissed about is like the day dot swoosh came out and everyone got on a wait list. It's been like eight months, I think eight or seven months. I've still not gotten my code for the beta. And all I had to do was just right now go to Nike's website, could link my account. And because I linked it, it automatically gave me the code. Why couldn't you just send me the code like months ago? I would have probably given you guys my money if you did that. So it was just really <laughs> annoying that all I had to do was just the Fortnite collaboration allowed me to finally get the code. But other than that, 
again, super awesome website, super clean, easy to use. The game on the actual, like I play on Xbox, super easy to use, fine, play with a few people, awesome stuff. It's pretty cool. Hopefully down the road, how I see this playing out is that those digital drops that you're able to get on Dot Swoosh, they'll become bat backpack bling over on Fortnite and you can actually transition those NFTs into there and hopefully into other Epic game games. That'd be pretty cool. So again, it's just this whole sure. entire aspect of the metaverse where you have assets that you own in said wallet and you're able to move around with it into different games sure. and different sides of also on internet. the side of Fortnite, they're going that rate route of you as a creator being able to create your own worlds and do your own oh, yeah, things. It's crazy. So you could then have these assets that are you could release a game that has these assets in it and the characters are using specific i would say almost like a wardrobe for your actors yeah. on set right so they have the you know, ability to have oh that's a rare thing or i think there's a lot of potential even there too there's a lot of untapped space and around and surrounding the Fortnite ecosystem on the creation side i've seen a lot of really cool just people building stuff i said someone like recreated the entire other side in Fortnite. i do they're going the route of, of minecraft which is yeah. very smart. smart. We know how success. I'm not a big Minecraft person, mm. but obviously in roadblocks. Well, I mean, but holy yeah. crap, like it's Fortnite fun. is an Epic Games is the creator of Unreal Engine. So it's like they are the ultimate like Minecraft, essentially. Like they have 100%. the UE5 being able to render out insane graphics at almost at a plug and play level. People are creating some really cool shit. So I do think this is going to change quite a bit over the coming years of just generation of games and how they are made that so no absolutely i definitely agree with you and just to stay on the topic of web 2 web 3 ish activision just to let you guys know a lot of people knew that activision was in the process of being bought out by microsoft turns out it's probably not going to happen we actually had some some lawsuits and things like that come up where xbox or microsoft is being considered a monopoly you know what's really monopoly. funny and i wanted to mention something to you crier you know that on trial like in court Xbox leadership or Microsoft leadership straight up said that they lost the console wars against Nintendo and PlayStation. And a lot of people are saying they said that to allow them to buy Activision. Buy. They don't be really yeah. believe that, but they said it so that they can try to get it. And it turns out they're probably not going to. But this is a Web3 podcast crier. I know we talk a <laughs> lot about Web2 and we the transition over, but now let's transition completely over into a Web3 game that you fortunately have become an absolute maxi of crier <laughs> yeah. move we actually had... not crier let's move along nate digital we have the true maxi of yuga labs here right. and the name is crypto crier we talked about this last episode we have new a new game coming out something <laughs> new on the yuga side new information you invested some change in there as well you even learned a lot about it so tell us what the heck yeah, for sure. is going on with the monks so we had the game guide come out for hv mtl which stands for heavy metal it's a new upcoming game it looks like more like a on the lines of a clash of clans style game there's a lot of things where you're pretty much managing your resources and energy levels to create a new forge is what they're referring it to you have a, a character that you're able to upgrade with more modules. Right? There's six total. There's going to be six seasons of this game. So this will be the season one launching on tomorrow, the 29th, or today when you're listening to this. So 
They leased all the stuff about the game. There's a lot of intricacies to the game in terms of how it's functioning, how you're able to get these more rare items based on the your leaderboard score. And I do think this will be something that is interesting because we saw a lot of social interaction with Dookie Dash. We saw those top tier ones, top tier people getting really high scores, going for extremely high amounts of ETH. And I think the same thing is going to be happening out here where you're going to get the on-chain items at the end of this each season. And those on-chain items are going to your possibility of getting a something that's worth quite a bit of money just based on your gameplay is going to be high. There was a quote from Garga, who is the one of the leads in the, the uh, founder. Yeah, founder. Yeah. On their pretty much on their gaming side, he's one of the ones that is mostly driving. Uh, yeah, he's driving one of us prior. Oh, he's exactly. that nerd. He's that boy. That, that big old nerd. But essentially, he had some just some wrapped up thoughts today that he posted, and I really resonated with what he said. So the idea that there is a their idea is that there's a one arcade cabinet that the entire world is using. And we saw that with Dookie Dash. We had the leaderboard people getting the extremely rare items that sold for a million dollars from a top Fortnite player coming in, spending all his time on Dookie Dash. So that you're able to have a globally competitive leaderboard and that each pretty much each step in this whole game will get you NFTs that last through each pretty much mini game, essentially, right? Where now right. that the rewards from the, the super pass are now going to be used to make the next evolution of your item. Like, so it's almost like a totem pole. And the farther you get along, the more intricate and more developed your asset becomes that can then lead to higher competitive advantages later down the road when the stakes become higher and higher as more eyes get on each of these stages. I do think that this one is going to be their first kind of longer game, right? So there's going to, like I said, there's going to be six seasons of this season for the Dookie Dash was well, maybe like a month, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so this is probably going to be closer to six months, each season being like a month leaderboard. So there's a lot of, Intricacies on these two, right? Your energy levels, there's a lot of management type strategy behind it. You can eat, you can have pretty much four of these HV MTLs, which are each one of them are NFT. They're selling for about 0.8 each right now. I have got two so far, and I think I'm going to get two more because at the four, if you have four of them, there is a 40% energy bonus to then allow you to make more of your. Like daily, you're able to upgrade your forge more and more with a 40% is a huge increase. So I do yeah, think over time have. these will, yeah, exactly. So I do think the people who have that will have a huge advantage to getting the higher tiered things. And each of them also have different advantages too. So I did through a little bit of background on all of each of the classes are going to be like, I think there's eight total different HVMTLs, whatever, the little robots that they're going to be able to upgrade, each of them coming with their own bonuses that you're able to purchase from the shop. And then that leads into the new ecosystem money, which is called Gears, which is traded for through ApeCoin. So you're able to purchase Gears that help you expedite your plot. Similar to the Clash of Clans, you want to have this built within four hours. You can do it for in 20 minutes if you pay whatever. This is like the system that they've already used. If you look at Clash of Clans, that is a multi-billion dollar company at Supercell. 
they're able to create and generate massive amount of money for their, again, pretty simplistic games. People really like it. And I think it's because there is a really tight and really like the resource part of it is very economically based, really delivers a really good experience on that level, right? Like something similar to like Age of Empires 2, where you had a lot of nuances on your energy generation. It was it had a big gap in player, your your competition, right? So I think they're naturally going that route. And each time that there, a new season comes out, your people who do well are going to have a competitive advantage for the future. Mm-hmm. That can either translate into more money because you're selling a on-chain asset, like if you want to cash out of it, or you can continue and go for larger prices. Even better. Even better, right? So I do think this will have a lot of potential. And I just really, the way that they're approaching this one, let me ask you, Cryer. Shout out to EQ and his little thing. Let me ask you, Cryer. How much money? Yeah, he does. How much money do you think Clash of Clans makes a day? A day? Probably be 100, probably close to 110 million, 15 million, 100 million, something like that. No, no, no. Supercell. Yes, yeah, like the self. whole company, but like just specifically Clash the of Clash Clans. Clash of Clans? Probably what? 10 million? No, we're, it cut that by 10. So 1.3 million a day. In 2017, probably, probably. But right now, yeah. like the last few years, 1.3 million on the side of Supercell as a whole. Give me a, give me a second. I have a calculator. I'm not the greatest here hold up i gotta put it sideways that's how big the number is i gotta put it sideways divided by 365 so supercell a day makes five million dollars yeah day. so quite a big yeah amount that's a huge amount of money to then be translating to the system ape token itself the Crazy. entire market cap of it is 2.24 billion so when you're splitting that up, that is what you said, 5 million a day from the entire company. I would say this equates into their entire ecosystem. So you're doing, what's the calculation on that one? Bro, hold up. Supercell, that yeah. was a few years ago. These guys are making so much money on Clash of Clans because they also own Clash Royale oh, yeah. as well. It's ridiculous. Oh, course, Both yeah. games, only Clash of Clans and Clash Royale together, like or alone, have grossed more than 10 billion dollars you guys want to even know something crazier you want me to look at candy crush yeah candy crush how much a day do they so if they were able to reach that pretty much mechanism of generation and people buying tokens it would take roughly 45 days for them to burn through the current market cap of the entirety of ape coin right so i do think that the idea behind this they're creating a game the ape coin is giving you you have to convert it there but the value of the token if this game is successful will go up quite a bit because it's going to be sought after because it's generating you a higher essentially like a just a higher advantage to then get in real world assets that are valuable and able to be traded right so I think there's a huge potential for ApeCoin to recover quite nicely here. It had during the last game hit highs, it went all the way down to 250 and then when the Dookie Dash came out, the high was $6.29. So it currently is $2.24. I again, we are in a bear market, but if there oh, is yeah. there's no there was no use case 
for them. So when there was a use case, you had to use your ApeCoin to then burn, to then get the boost and all that stuff. Yep. The token did went up 300% because there's oh, demand yeah. for it. And gamers don't really look ahead generally. There's generally something they're like, oh, I'll, I'll buy the game, I'll buy it. Boom. They just go, I'll buy like they're 10 bucks. Worth. I'll buy 10 some, bucks yeah, they're not looking exactly. They're just great. It's sure. V-Bucks or Madden exactly, coins like, or yeah. any of these tokens that we've But now you're able to using, trade that asset and you can crush. be making advantage of it. I think exactly. me personally thought it was a good advantageous purchase at this point. We'll no, see it, how it, it definitely, goes. Definitely um, makes sense. Cryer, let me ask you, Candy Crush, how much money do you think yeah. they generated in one year? Two, 2021, this is what I have right now. How much they generated in a year? A lot. Yeah, probably just like, Candy Crush. Just Candy Crush. Probably like 200 million. 1.2 billion. <laughs> just Candy Crush. Just Candy in Crush. In 2020, it was 857 million. So here's the thing that I got to talk to a lot of people about in the NFT side of things. I get that you're trying to make the game that's for the computer. I get it. And there is a marketplace for it. But when you make yep. the simplicity aspect of a mobile game app, yeah, that anyone can use, your grandma or grandpa, your mom and dad can use, it is going to be exponentially crazier than doing yep. it on the computer side because you're tapping into 100% of the market instead of just 30, a narrow, 20, yeah, narrow 25, etc. So there are ways where you can connect both of them together. Like Cryer's talking about with this game on the Yuga side. This could be something that leads into because you play this game, you're going to might get assets that can then correlate over to the other side, give you bonuses to said other game that they have that's on a computer, it's on something yeah. else. And um, already that's built in here, like the board apes and mutant apes and kennel club get a bonus for their for their having those assets already. They're coming out with a higher piece of the puzzle. But I think that was something that's obviously like the person who won the thing had original board ape, max boosted, got all the points. But people were still able to claim with like really high scores in the top 20 with mutants and stuff like that, just by, but their skill levels like that. It's being a dog. Yeah. So I do think that there's similar potential here just because there's, this isn't a short term thing. This is a much longer term based. And I think it's more of the steady. This is like the tortoise wins, not the hare, where they're super fast worth the, Absolutely. Uh, the idea. And again, I think I also really like the idea that I wasn't very good at Dookie Dash. That wasn't my forte. Yeah, of, no, it was terrible. The quick reflexes, stuff like that. Those are shot nowadays. So this aspect <laughs> of it where it's like you have to know about stuff. It's a strategy-based Strategy, baby. It's got Come some on. research management, stuff like that. I, I Stuff that I resonate with. So again, they're Absolutely. not making – they're having this global leaderboard – be present, but it's not only for just one type of game. So it's going to be like a, almost like a, a triathlon or a decathlon of different games to see who comes out as the top leaderboard. And it gives me very much the vibe of just like how Ready Player One is, right? The Oasis leaderboards and stuff like that. So I do think that I it's I, I think agree. there's going to be some there's, really in good the Oasis. Here. There's multiple games. Hey, by the way, let me ask you a question: Who do you think owns Candy Crush? Like the company is it? Is it yeah, who Tencent owns it? or um, no? Activision. Oh. oh, nice. So on that side, look, Activision's making what? Call of Duty and brought to you by Candy Crush. It's individuals that these massive companies like Yuga understands. There's a market for multiple things to be said. This mobile aspect of it, this turn-based or strategy aspect of it. But there's also the mind freaking like 
not the hardest game ever, which is Dookie Dash, where it's just reflex and that's it. It's very simple, very easy, very replayable. And of course, on the complicated side, the other side, there's multiple ways where you can connect everything together so you're not specifically just targeting the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25% of users for something instead of going all the way and grabbing way more than half half the percent of all the users on the mobile side, on the console side, on the computer side, on all these other spectrums of all gaming, not just specifically a certain gaming little niche. So again, I'm super excited. Great to see that we have someone representing Yuga, Nate. Now it's Cryer. And we should be good, dude. A lot of things are going. Some Listen, we get some bad stuff in the space, but Little things are shining. Unfortunately, some people like to talk about the bad things only, including myself. So hopefully we can start talking about the good stuff soon. And more of this happens, and we're all happy with our bags pumping, and we're actually playing these games that companies said that they would be out by now. We should have already had Gutter Gang land 24 by now, but unfortunately we're not even at one. Cool Cats, give me a freaking game that I can play and do something, not tap a freaking button and that's it but crier the last thing i want to leave us off on this episode was that james gunn has officially said that we have our new superman and lois lane so as a lot of people know we're getting a brand new dc comic dc universe it's called the dcu like the mcu and we're restarting everything if you went and saw flash again my rating was in the 70-ish. The movie itself like completely tanked on the side yeah, yeah. of money-wise. The movie, not that bad. There's been a lot worse DC movies. Like, Trust me. If you want to have a good time, go yeah. watch the movie. It's fun. By the way, have to shout out to Marvel for having the superior CGI when it comes to a speedster, and that was in Eternals. But yeah, other than that, Flash just tanked. And now, fortunately, James Gunn is here, 100% control, and we have our brand new Superman and Lois Lane. Go and check it out on Twitter who these characters, who these actors and actresses are. And a lot of people are upset because so many people loved Henry Cavill or Cavill. Yeah. I always say his Cavill, his name wrong, but I actually believe like they look good for the both characters, and it should be interesting. And hopefully, a lot of good things happen on that side. But other than that, again, on the Marvel side, we do have Secret Invasion episode two that's already out and from the uns the spoiler free reviews that i typically read on twitter one person even said there's a top five marvel scene of all time that's in episode two of secret invasion and you will like when you see the scene you will know it's a top five like scene that's how good it was so i'm super excited i personally haven't seen it so the next time i'm going to come back and either eat my words that i'm eating right now or saying right now or i'm going to be like 110 percent. and i got some good top five moments in the marvel side so we'll see we'll see if it cranks maybe top 10 for me who knows but but yeah no other than that guys again hopefully we keep on pumping we keep on we got, building got one more little one more oh, little thing little, little do nugget. it do it pudgy penguin won toy insiders best toy of 2023 for this this summer for the expo there, which I thought was pretty interesting. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Pudgy just taking those dubs ever since Cryer bought them. Okay. Those wins. That's right. Okay. 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 That makes sense. (laughs) That makes sense. Just Cryer just making money while all of us, the rest of us plebs decide not to. It's fine. (laughs) Hey, you got to risk a little, got to risk it for the biscuit, my man. You got to risk it for the biscuit. You're absolutely right. All right. Actually, hold up. I did. I did risk it for the biscuit. I got smacked. So we're not even going to talk about that. 
that's about it for the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Nerd FT Radio. We'll catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.